1: Welcome to the Midweek Fix with me, Jamie Holmes. So over the last few shows that we've been doing over Wednesday, what we've been doing is taking a look back at players, matches and periods of time that have been special to us as fans. But tonight, we're going to come back into the present day and off the back of the ever-changing world of Transfer Talk. And the news this week that Jurgen Klopp is happy with his squad and that the club don't expect too many arrivals this summer. We're going to take a look at the current squad and discuss what we think needs to be done in the transfer market. So I'm delighted to say joining me tonight to discuss all of that. We have Tripper's own Gav Doyle. We have Phil Egan from Off The Ball Sports and Gav Tian from the Coaches Badges podcast. Now, we've got two Gavs on the show. So I, I think you're going to be GT for the night, Gav. Is that right? And then we've got Gav well, Doyle from the yeah. Trippers. Is that all right? Sound. Mm,
2: well, I Good got given out too. as soon as I come on here. Because I thought Gav had to change his name.
1: <laughs> that might be a theme of the show. I'll Gav, change it so. next
2: time. I'll let the viewers choose a name from you. How does that sound?
1: That could go terribly, terribly I know. wrong. I know. <laughs> Phil, how are you? Enjoying the Euros?
2: Yeah, loving it. Yeah, um, drama tonight. Um,
0: not a good day for goalkeepers and punching. So <laughs> yeah. Dubravka, Laris, Galashi. I'll uh, let their, their punch punching let them down tonight. So maybe a bit of work on the speed bags in the gym just to try and connect with the ball rather than, yeah, the, well, Lloris connected with someone's head.
1: The, the, the Ravka one was weird. It's just like he totally lost the flight of the ball. It just went terribly, terribly wrong for him. It was up there with Jordan Pickford. See, now don't Jordan Pickford to be fair, and I say this, you know, touch wood. Uh, he uh, has been actually all right, not very calamitous at this stage. He's actually been one of England's better players, if, magnificent. If say. Yeah, he's done a good job, to be fair, hasn't <laughs> he? It looks fantastic,
2: yeah, yeah. New lease of life it's given him,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Now, lads, um, what we're going to do tonight because there's always, um, I suppose, on, on particularly on Twitter, uh, a topic that will always divide opinion is transfers. And... Everybody seems to have a different opinion. I kind of put out a a tester tweet yesterday to try and gauge the mood of Liverpool fans in terms of how many players they think we should get in, who we should potentially sell. And the range of answers that I got uh, is mad. So uh, I'm keen to get everybody's thoughts on on tonight's show. And where we're going to start off, I suppose, is in terms of news that's been coming out of the club um, this week, um, as, I suppose, is that Jurgen Klopp seems to be happy with the squad that he has ahead of the new season. Now, I'll come to you first on this, Gav Doyle, because I think f- from, from my perspective, I always take this stuff with a pinch of salt because we've heard so much, particularly from the club mouthpieces like the, the the Liverpool Echo. We've heard in the past things like Alison Becker was not a target for Liverpool. And then three weeks later, he signed by the club. Have you been surprised by some of the noises coming out of uh, outlets like the echo that the club are kind of happy with what they got? Do you think this, this is just a a bit of media spin?
2: Is it just the echo that are saying this?
1: It seems to be the official line that's coming out.
2: Don't mind the echo. Um, (laughs) So listen, Jurgen Klopp hasn't said anything about whether he's content or not content or happy with his squad. He hasn't said anything. Um, the Echo have told you or are telling people that, like literally the Echo, when anything goes out about a player, they just come in and say, no, they're not interested. The Echo were adamant they weren't, we weren't signing Thiago last summer, adamant. It was to the point where when he was standing there in a the Liverpool jersey, they were still telling you he wasn't signing up for Liverpool. So, you know, and then when you look at Klopp, you know, Klopp was asked a couple of weeks before Thiago, what's going on? He went, what are you talking about? You know, Gini Wijnaldum came out of nowhere. Like you said, he backed Loris Carrius um after the European Cup uh defeat and then replace them very swiftly. So it's all it's all cat and mouse and not only with the media and with with fans but with other clubs. Like if you come out and say, I need this sort of player, this sort of player, and this sort of player, you're going to get absolutely savaged in the transfer market. It's a it's a more difficult horizon for transfers I suppose this summer because of COVID and everything else. Nobody in grounds the loss of revenue. So Jamie it's the twenty third of June. You know, the Euros are going on and people will say, Oh, you can do deals during the Euros. How many deals have been done? Because I don't I can't I can't think of any. Big ones, anyway, you know, that sort of way. So for me, um I'm not too panicked over it. We'll get on to what we think we need later on, and I disagree with you a little bit. But look when it comes down to this, you can choose to believe people or not or choose not to believe them, but I think it's it's all just posturing um, and it's not even posturing because Klopp's on a yacht somewhere, you know, having grey great crack. So, you know, <laughs> if that's a sign of him being content with his squad and he's giving some sort of signals off, I don't know. But overall, Jamie, like, as I said, it's the 23rd of June. I don't think there's any need to either panic, um, as some people will do, or just assume that Jurgen Klopp is content with the squad. I will personally tell you, if Jurgen Klopp is content with that squad, I think we have an issue.
1: Phil, like Norman says in the comments. he says, it's like a game of cards. We give away nothing. Do you think it is a case, you know, somebody that works in, in the media yourself, you know, do we need to keep our cards close to our chest? And do you think that this is just you know, the club, club playing a little bit of a game?
0: Yeah, I, I think definitely you can't give anything away because what we've seen in the past is you think a signing is going to happen. Look how long Timo Werner, for example, was mm. linked to Liverpool. Everyone just thought it was a done deal. Now, if you look back on how his season was for Chelsea, Liverpool be thinking they dodged one there. And yeah, you just have to take it with a pinch of salt. It's still very early. It's very hard to get deals done while there's a major tournament going on because you would imagine Liverpool are going to be signing from the European market. Players maybe that they're looking at could be playing at the Euros. Uh, It's a chance to look at them as well. But yeah, wait till this tournament is over and things will start moving quickly. Even like Jadon Sancho keeps getting linked with Manchester United. That can't be happening it's in the news every day, but it was like that last summer and it never actually happened. So the thing is, you see this every day, you see it in the papers, you see it on all the sites. It's to generate traffic, it's to generate uh, paper sales and people love it. It's gossip. You know, it's it's our fix. It's like, if you're not into soaps, this is our little fix, transfer gossip. You like the thoughts of somebody being linked to your club and you think, where could they fit in? But realistically, that's not how it works. But Jurgen Klopp, even though he's on his yacht, I'm sure he has, uh, well, I'm not saying it's his yacht, but if he's uh, if he's having a, a think about players, I'm sure he has a few thoughts in his head, but now is not the time to be announcing science.
1: GC, I'll come to you because one of the things I, I kind of put out in the week, and, and it'll certainly lead us on to potentially, you know, how many do we think we need to get in the door? But one thing that I think a lot of fans, because it it nearly seems to me like modern day football fans just like shiny new things. And by shiny new things, it means that, um, they kind of forget the quality of the existing squad that they have. And I think none more so with Liverpool at the moment in terms of the injuries that they faced last season. Uh, you know, the spine of their team. And as a coach yourself, you know, if, if you're losing any elements of your spine, it's difficult to replace. But if you're losing that across defence, midfield, um, you know, the, the soul of the team was nearly ripped out. Do you look at things like that and the fact that, you know, the, the well-documented injuries, those players will be due to return do you actually think that there is the need for wholesale changes at Liverpool, like some fans seem to, to clamber for? Uh, personally, no. Um, but
3: again, that's that's what my coach is head on. Like we look as we move from year to year in, in the current uh, setup that I'm involved in and we don't like this huge change because it's, it's good to get a number of players for, you know, two, three years or, or people talk about these four or five year cycles now. But if you get players for any kind of considered period of time and get them to work together, I think that's better from a coaching point of view. People start to deeply understand how you want to work and, and you only have to look at Klopp's first year, you know, in as the manager when, when things didn't gel and there was a lot of criticism as to the methods he was employing. And two, three years later, they were the same methods that people were raving about being the best in the world. So uh, personally, I would always prefer to kind of keep a little bit of consistency in the squad, and and I looked at the the picture you tweeted earlier and uh, a potential starting eleven, you know that you put up, and it was incredible. So you know it's it's very hard to see where you would improve that. I think the improvement may come in in the depth in the squad. Um, but if I was Klopp and and I'm not, but uh, he strikes me as someone who's pretty measured. I would imagine he's pretty content. He, he doesn't strike me as somebody who who makes knee jerk reactions. So I don't think he'll react. You know, in a crazy manner to last season. Like at the end of the day, they still qualified for the Champions League, and and you know, in what a lot of people were saying was a disastrous season, I think he did okay. And I don't think he's the type of person who will make you know rash decisions and and kind of throw away six or eight players. I think he'll just look at what he's got. Certainly, he'll have to consider the likes of the long term injuries coming back as almost like new players. Back into the squad, and uh, I think he's got the makings of a really, really decent squad. And he never likes working with big numbers. He's proven that everywhere he's gone. He he tends to kind of, you know, work with maybe 22 players and and work from that. Whereas you look at some other clubs who work with, you know, 35 players in a first team squad, which I think is just insane. Um, But I, I, I personally think he's he's quietly content, you know, knowing that what he has to come back. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of his business is done already. Um, he's the kind of guy that strikes me that players would want to play for now, and Liverpool is is back for me being a club that you know is attractive now. You know people want to come and play that style and and be competitive and and play for him. You know he's one of the few managers in the world that you regularly hear players talking about you know wanting to play for him, and I think that's that's testament to just how he man manages people. So yeah, personally I don't think there'll be wholesale changes, but that's my own opinion based on what my preference would be.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I think long on are the days where Brendan Rodgers is asking Stephen Gerrard to make phone calls to try and recruit players. Uh, you know, I think as you rightly say, I think people are lining up to come and come and work under Klopp. But I think Gavin, if I come to you, one of, one of the things that I suppose a lot of fans are a little bit worried about, and it's kind of building on on the question to GT, which is. Is there a concern about these injured players coming back? You know, in, in, in the shape that they will be in. Are we, given the the scale of the injuries, particularly to the likes of a Van Dijk or Joe Gomez, who, if you if you read the reports coming out of the club, is slightly ahead in his recovery, is it a is it a legitimate concern in terms of the expectation that we put on those players and and how quick they are to to kind of hit the ground running, if you will?
2: <clears throat> I think it has to be. You know, like the, your two main centre halves, well. Maybe they're not the two main now because of the Canate arrival, but the two main centre halves are coming off if they play in August, they're coming off ten months out without football. You know that way? And don't get me wrong, Liverpool had a really good end to the season. I think they won eight and drew two of the last ten games. If that had Van Dyke and Gomez in it, you would say, you know what, they came back, they played ten games, they were brilliant, and we got top four, but we're still uncertain in this in this window as to where they are in the recovery. Like you were saying Gomez is ahead of ahead of Van Dijk but what we don't know where Van Dijk is
1: you know the way in his in his recovery so it's all the, bi- r- the big one for us we said this Captain, did when you're watching particularly given the injuries that they have. we were waiting for the twisting and turning yeah, yeah. twisting and turning it's a big one yeah around and, and around now, yeah 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 seems yeah. like they're back there now
2: they're at that stage now but it's gonna it's still I'd, st- I'd still say you know if you're to tell them today when will the next game of football be I-, I still think that they'll struggle to make the start of the season You know, that's not, I'm no medical expert. I'm no, you know, you know, injury expert, but you have to remember, like, there's, there's rehabilitation and then there's getting back into fitness and then there's getting back into match fitness. And you know yourself, like, anyone that's played football or any level, if you have an injury and you go back, you know, GT coaches, players, I'm sure, you know, a fella is off for four weeks, you probably see a week, 10 days before he's actually back into his rhythm. So when you, when you look at a nine month, nine months out, it's just, It's so debilitating to to your actual match fitness. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, I think there should be concerns, Jamie, because Van Dijk is just an outrageous footballer. you know. And Gomez, I rate very, very highly. And the two of them together are absolutely amazing. But when you look at the squad we have, and not only the backup we have, but how available the backup were, that's where my worry is. I think Liverpool need to be looking at... It's not a normal window for them. I think they need to be looking at have an extra security there, extra insurance there going into next season because it could, and I hope it doesn't happen, but it could be a case where one of them could break down or both of them could break down or one could just take a while to get going. And you don't have a while in this league anymore. You're either on it from day one to day 38 or you're in serious, serious trouble. So I think looking at the summer going ahead, I don't want to put too much emphasis on those players returning. I'd rather see us bolster in the squad and By doing that, you'll probably need to get rid of a few that just weren't around when you were looking for them to be last season. We all know who they are, but like even the centre half signings, like Kanate, I'm looking, going, (sighs) injury kind of dogged them a little bit. You know, Matip, we all know about. Phillips had a great end to the season, and you know, is he going? Is he not? And I'm still looking, going, am I comfortable? If it was Van Dijk, Gomez, Kanate, and say Matip, not really. I'm not, I have to be honest, I'm not, because I'm, I'm just waiting for something to go wrong there, and we could be looking at last season all over again. That's And that probably sounds, Jesus, what you bring him on here for tonight, but that's just how I feel about it. You know, get,
1: that, get that can into you there, mate, get a bit oh, more I no, that'd be great, it. but the
2: end up winning the league with 12 points, don't worry about it. Exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, Phil, do you think, because you can kind of sense it a little bit in Witten, in Witten. Muted myself there, have I? my back now. Yeah, I can hear you there. And sorry. Uh, sorry, mate. Uh, yeah, I, I got a little bit excited there and muted myself. Um, I think you can kind of hear from what Gab was saying. Maybe the scars run a little bit deep for some Liverpool fans in terms of what happened over the course of, of, of last season. I'd be of the thinking that I don't think you can stockpile players in the view of something potentially going wrong. So I'll give you some context. There was, a, there was a, a big fuss made of the fact that Liverpool sold Dejan Lovren a while ago uh, and didn't replace him. And I kind of looked at that and I thought, okay, we've got, we've got enough centre-backs to cover and we've got Fabino who can step in if needed. Um, in this current climate now, when clubs are struggling for money, there's been huge losses of revenues. Do you think that that changes Liverpool's transfer strategy in that they will potentially, like we know, because Klopp does like in-squad solutions, look to prioritise maybe two, three key positions and then make do with the the squad that they have? And if so, what are those priority positions for you?
0: Okay, well, I I think if I was looking at the positions, centre-half, yeah, I I can understand that there would be a little bit of a concern there because Joe Gomez... this. Like Van Dyke was that, that was a one off injury. Uh, that, that, that's, what, that's what we would be led to believe. Obviously, Gomez has had injuries before, we know Matip gets injured all the time. And then you're signing a pair of Kanata who has a bit of an injury record as well. So, you, you're hoping that Van Dyke was just a freak accident and it doesn't happen again. And then, if you have Van Dyke plus one, you're obviously a lot more. You're a lot more set there because obviously the, the ability of Van Dyke. But he has to decide what he does. I thought Matt Phillips, in fairness to him, finished the season brilliantly. He's all he's become a bit of a cult hero now. I'm sure there's probably kids going around. There is probably kids somewhere with Phillips jerseys. And if they there, are there was said, a
1: guy with a tattoo on his leg of Phillips' head in a brick. If that's, <laughs> where, that's the definition of cult hero for you. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I salute that guy and I salute kids that would have a Phillips jersey because in, in a few years, people will, will ask them who was who uh, this Nat that Phillips, that baby. But uh, I think midfield is obviously a concern as well um, because obviously when Alden is gone and durability and consistency is one thing that when Alden brought, he goes. So then you're left with players that none of them really played a full season. And then you look at the front three, it was obviously freshened up last season. Jota, unfortunately, got an injury. And now you have to factor in the Africa Cup of Nations as well. There's We haven't even mentioned Mo Salah talking about going to the Olympics as well. So the, the, the spine, I think centre-half, midfield, and maybe a central attacker would be the three positions that I'd be looking for. But I think... Going back to the the first part of the question, I don't think Liverpool are in a position to stockpile. I don't think they really have been anyway. And that's maybe where they've suffered that as soon as the first 11, something happens, the players coming in just don't make the same impact. But it's very hard to sign really quality players and basically say to them, you're going to have to sit on the bench. It, it's just... A good point. The only, the only two clubs that are really in a position to do that at the moment are City and Chelsea. And we know where they get their money from.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the key point. You can nearly pay the, pay the, the, not pay the players off, but you can pay for their silence in a way. Because if you're, if you're able to, to carry the big wages and have them sit on the bench, there's a lot of footballers that are quite happy to sit, sit and take that big money. Whereas I I think Liverpool have to operate in a, in a slightly different way. And GT, I'll come to you because you touched on something earlier that was interesting. And I suppose it's something that I'm quite, um, focused on I suppose is the is the squad dynamic and I think Klopp has got a very specific way of operating and it just doesn't seem his way that he you know one of his biggest strengths but maybe some slight weakness at times has been his loyalty to, to certain players and I think that's what his management style is built on in that they buy into him and he's loyal to them Um but when you look at, I suppose, the the, the core group, you've lost somebody like a Ginny Wijnaldum, who, as Phil says, you know, has been a, a staple of this Liverpool side for the best part of three, four years, hardly misses a game. Um, you know, surely that's an area where Liverpool have, have got to try and address not only what he brings on the pitch, but what he brings off the pitch as well.
3: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think Gini's a huge loss. Um very underrated player, but in terms of Klopp's philosophy and style and and just the way he wants to play the game, he was absolutely perfect. Um, His age was probably a contributing factor in that he turned 30, um, but I just seemed to felt he was a good person around the dressing room, a little bit in the kind of Milner mode. Um, the Henderson mode, where I, I think you need those people in the dressing room. And, and I think managers like Klopp, like people like that, where they're, they're almost like their capos and that they try and enforce the culture and 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 be that kind of sounding board between manager and players. But um, it, it's a very difficult thing to do to get a squad of whatever number, whether it's 16 or whether it's 36, and keep people happy. So, you know, when you're not playing... It's very difficult to be all smiling and happy with the manager, no matter how much you like him, because ultimately these are young professionals that are all ambitious and they all want to play. And um, so I think Klopp does that better than most uh, in terms of just keeping people happy. And I've no doubt he's ruthless, like he's shown that at times, you know, both from his sideline behavior and indeed behind the scenes and how he's just dealt with some stuff. But I think generally speaking, you know, people tend to buy into what he's trying to do. And and as I said, I've never I've never heard people from other clubs, which for me is always testament to, to what a manager's doing, you know, speak so well about Klopp. You know, very rarely do you hear people criticizing how he gets on. And you hear a lot of people saying, you know, they'd like him to be the manager of their club. But the only caveat I would say around that is like, he's into year five or entering year six now of his time there. And at some point, everybody falls out of love with what they're doing. Like Guardiola famously did it at Barcelona when he was at the peak of his powers and walked away. And and as a coach, I know that sometimes players can get sick of listening to you, no matter how good you are. They just get tired of the same message. So that, I think that's an interesting dynamic, how he manages that. You've got a squad that, you know, across the top three, with the exception of Jota, I think he's 24 all oh, the other boys are 29, heading 30. So, you know, maybe you do only have a, a short window where Klopp feels that, yeah, he'll, he'll see this out for a year or two and then he's done. He's done his seven years or whatever. So I, I think it's fascinating. But um, I, I do still think that if I was a player, I'd, I'd love to play for the guy, you know, whether I was sitting on the bench or not. But that's just a personal opinion.
1: Gav, it's interesting because um, GT touches touches on something there in terms of um, you know Klopp's tenure, and I think it's fair to say that this is probably the last evolution, or you, you know the, the 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 evolution of this Liverpool team. We've touched on it in po- previous podcasts. He he needs to lay a marker and bring in the right type of quality that will set Liverpool up for success for the next five, six, seven years. You know, even when he's left the club. You know, me and you have have, have slightly different opinions in terms of who we need to bring in, the number of players we need to bring in. Where do you kind of sit on it in terms of the priority areas? And and ultimately, what type of money would you be talking about spending? Because that's another key thing that's kind of reared its head over the last week.
2: Um, The money thing is very hard to gauge because of, you know, in the normal world, you're able to look at accounts and whatever people bring in and, you know, you know, they come out every April or wherever they come out, and people are able to look and say they made X amount of profit, and the the projections for next season is this, this, and this. Because everyone knows what the TV deals are now. Everyone knows what Liverpool have made last year, and they're able to pull a decent figure on on next season, even if it's short sponsors or um sleeve sponsors, wherever it is. People get it's it's out in the public. If you if you actually go and look for it, you'll find nearly all the numbers you need to know. With regards to Klopp, though. You know, yeah, he's probably looking at when he leaves, because I think he does leave in 2024. um, And he, yeah, he probably wants to leave something there where it can be pushed on, with, whether it's Pep Linders or Steven Gerrard or whoever comes to take the job next. But most importantly, he has... This summer is 2021. He leaves for me in the summer of 2024. You know what I mean? And when you evolve a side, usually... You you can win things. You see Ferguson done it, but there is times where you're trying to evolve a side. it might take a season where you might come second or third. And you might be close, but then the following season is the one. But Klopp's running out of years. You know, if this if this season was one where it's nearly there, and then he wins one, the following year he's one season left. Now, that'd be great. We'd we'd probably all take that. But uh, it's just a difficult situation in my opinion because you have got COVID, you have got no one in, in the ground. The 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 hit on finances has been huge. And in a in a normal kind of world where everything went as it usually does, you'd be looking for clap the tone and go listen. We've we've three seasons left at this. Let's put a squad together to absolutely do what we've done for the last three and do it again. And it might take three or four in and three or four out, and we get through to the next season and then we move on and we do the same again. But they're under pressure, and I've said this to you, Jamie, since January. FSG are under huge pressure for me. Huge fucking pressure. And people will, I, I'm already pointing to the COVID here, but, and, and whatever's gone on with it. But, while I'm pointing to it with regards to how the planning goes, the, the execution for me has to be, you back And I don't care how you do it, you back him. Because the man is, he's unbelievable. He's, what he's done in, in this five years now, um, it, it's, it's phenomenal. And the amount of players, <laughs> He definitely needs an attacking player, 100%. He definitely needs to replace Gino and Um And I don't mean that in go and find me a clone of Gino and Alden. I'm talking numbers wise. He has a decision to make over Oxlade, Chamberlain and Katie, in my opinion. And I know you're talking about loyalty, but I'm sorry, loyalty goes out the door when, when you call on players, when you're in an absolute time of need and they're not there. And that's what, what it was last season. So I think he has a decision to make on one, or one, he won't do it on both, but one of those and does he replace there? And then at the back, the centre half situation is an interesting one because like, I know you, you're happy, Jamie, with, you know, Van Dijk, Gomez back, Canate there and pick another one and then make Fabinho your fifth choice. I wouldn't like keep Phillips and making me fifth choice. But then there's this talk of Nico Williams going and what do you do there? Because our left back cover hasn't been seen all season either, you know, in Simicast. So, and then I've heard stuff like Oxley Chamberlain can play right back, which is absolutely bizarre. In my mind, absolutely I'm going to get to that, don't worry. It's it's absolutely bizarre <laughs> that a guy that we've just pushed and pushed and pushed saying, if we can just get him fit, he's great in there and he has a shot on him. And all of a sudden now he's fucking Gary Neville. It makes no sense. You know, you're, you're literally crowbarring someone into a squad for the sake of it. And he's never a right back. And if actually, if I, I've said it before, if Alex Oxley chamberlain becomes a right back at Liverpool, his career's over. His career's over because he's just a utility bloke that wanders around and, is not very fit very often, so you might need a right back cover. But I would say three tops will come in. I think you need four.
1: Definitely hold that thought on Oxley Chamberlain because I have a totally different view to you on that. So we're mm-hmm. going to come back to that. So when I get fit, Great. just before we before we, uh, we we jump in on the Ox stuff, Phil, I want to come to you because I've touched on something there a little bit on, uh, around the expectations around fringe players, of which Ox is one of them. Uh, another one is 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 Nabi Kater. That's one of the worries for me. I, as as Gav said, there, I, I'm not overly concerned at centre back if you're going in with with four uh, senior centre backs. If look, if we're getting 15 million offers for Phillips, I think you've got to take it, and then you you look to bring in another centre back um, with Fabino as your as your fifth cover, cover player. Um, the worry for me is centre midfield because you're going to if we don't replace Ginny Bernaldom be relying on the likes of Naby Keita who just can't seem to get a, a run of games together. You're looking at Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain stepping in and having an impact again. It's 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 not been done for a sustained period of time now. That's surely a worry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you think back to the the first leg against Real Madrid and Klopp went with Naby Keita and he was taken off before half-time because he just wasn't doing it. And there was such excitement when he signed for Liverpool, but it hasn't worked out. He's been injured all the time. Like I, I don't even know what's the most amount of games that he's strung together consecutively. I'd say well, it's definitely it's single figures anyway because he's just it's a handful. game yeah, yeah, absolutely. I probably counted on one hand anyway. Yeah, uh, then Oxley Chamberlain, I'm a big fan. And I like the fact that he's an ability to take the ball on and he has a shot in him. But unfortunately, he's injured all the time as well. I think back to the the night that Liverpool were knocked out by Atletico. Oxlade-Chamberlain was unbelievable that night. That's what you want the whole time. But it's so frustrating that you can't reproduce that because he's injured all the time. So it goes back to like what we said about and Alden was his durability. And that is going to be showing up even more next season when he's not there and somebody picks up an injury, then they're replaced by somebody who hasn't played much. And you know you don't have that cohesion or that sharpness and that is where Liverpool that is the engine room of this Liverpool team that is where Liverpool hunt get the ball back and play it to their more creative players so they need durable players in there and they have to sign at least one central midfielder and I think if one of them goes if it's oxy chamberlain or Cater then I think you need to sign two central midfielders.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a fair point. And I suppose when you're looking at the, the impact that the Van Dyke loss had and, and not only in his ability as a player, because obviously he's, he's, he's unbelievable at what he does, but it was the consistency at which he played. So I think you're right, Phil. I think if you lose Ginny Wynaldum in centre midfield, it's the si- similar situation, you know, Van Dyke. Dijk- Falls out of that centre back position, and then you're relying on two players that haven't got too much rhythm, they haven't got too much consistency, and it would be the exact same situation come come sense midfield. But one of the things that has has come out this week is uh, the news that N- N- Neco Williams is is ultimately um, uh, looking to to be moved on, and there's a couple of Premier League clubs interested. And in GT, I'll come to you on this because I suppose. One of the things we, we touched on a little bit earlier is the fact that Jurgen Klopp loves to find in-squad solutions. And you spoke about his love of wanting to work with with smaller smaller squads. If you see the likes of a Williams being moved on, and look, I'll be as transparent as I can. I'm not a massive fan of, of Williams. Um, I, I don't think he's he's going to make the grade at Liverpool. and I think it makes sense to move him on if, if we can get a decent uh, valuation out of him. Um when you look at the type of players that are being mooted as potential cover at right-backs, the likes of Joe Gomez has been mentioned this week. As Gav said earlier, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain has been spoken about as a potential right-back. Do you think that these are realistic solutions within the squad, or is it very much a case of kind of square peg round holes?
3: Um, I definitely agree with Gav about the Ox playing right I don't see it personally. Um, I think Joe Gomez is a more natural fit there and that he's played there. He's a natural defender. And if he's not going to be in your starting two, if it, if it's going to be Van Dyke and Canati as your starting two center backs, I think it's good to keep Gomez in the side. But what you lose then is, is that attacking ability of, of Trent. Obviously, if he's not available, Joe Gomez doesn't play the position the way he does. Um I I did read during the week you know talks of you know trying to keep Nico Williams there and kind of rotating with Trent that was never going to work I, he's nowhere near as good as Trent and and I couldn't see Trent being happy with you know flip flop in his position when he's fit and available he plays you know what I mean um it it is a difficult one um and and it's rare that you will have you know two Really, really good players for position where you're f- almost forced into a scenario where you're trying to keep them both happy. Generally speaking, there's a clear kind of natural for the position and it's Trent all day. Um So for backup, it's it's a tricky one. I don't see anyone else really at the minute in the squad that naturally fits in there. If you start putting other people in there, I think you are into that square pegs, round holes. And, and it, it's a short term fix, maybe mid game. Uh, you know, for 20 minutes or something, but as a plan to go into a Premier League game, you know, with your best 11, I don't think it works. But the other side of that is, you know, we don't have natural cover left or right. To Gab's point earlier, we, we didn't see the left full cover really all year last year. You know, I mean, it was hardly seen. Uh, and on the right, I don't think if there's anything else coming up,
1: it's a strange one because you you see that a lot with Klopp. He buys these players and then they disappear into obscurity. It's nearly it happened with Robbo. It's happened with with so many of them.
2: I think uh, with I, I though, In fairness to him, he did get COVID. He had an injury, and I think it just it, it put it, it, a lot of things again season. Him. Yeah, I think you know he's he's a young guy coming from a different country, learning a language. Maybe you know he he gets an injury and he looked really good in pre-season. I thought he, we played in Switzerland against. Um, I think was Stuttgart on a horrible pitch, but he looked really good, you know. And then you see he gets the injury and then there's COVID and, and look, look at Mane after COVID. Like Mane was just a shadow of himself, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think as a new player, you kind of have to go, you know what? He needs another go. but with the, with the right off, I'm dying to hear your opinion on this right. Back, All right. I'm do you want honest. me to give it? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah Cause uh, come on. We only have 25 minutes and we need to have this row. Get yeah. Out yeah, of yeah, the way. yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, it's going to be around the ox. So firstly, I, as I said, I've not been a big, massive. I'm not a massive fan of of, of Williams. Um, I don't think he looks up to up to the grade, so I think it makes sense to move him on. And 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 as GC GT says, I think uh, Trent will always play when fit. Uh, I think you'd be looking to bring him out a uh, for a handful of games just to give him a little bit of a rest. If you look at the squad that we have at the moment, I think we've got more than enough cover in the fact that I think James Milner can play fullback quite comfortably. I actually liked him do it. Uh, I think we played Leicester at home. And the fact that he's a centre midfielder, he's comfortable playing the ball through lines and he was able to get it into strikers' feet very early. I think the worry with James Milner at fullback in the way that we play is the fact that he's getting old and he's not exactly pacey. So people can probably get in and around him. I like the idea of Ox at fullback. Um, and the reason that I like it is. If you think of the way that Liverpool play, it's not traditional fullbacks. It's ultimately wingbacks. Um, and particularly with Henderson on the inside right of a, of a midfield three, he ultimately gives Trent the platform to go on and ultimately be a, a right winger for Liverpool, particularly at home. When you look at the traits that Ox has, he is quick. He's good on the ball. He can beat a man. I think one of the things that Nick uh, Williams struggled with is the fact that he never went outside his man. He was never comfortable trying to beat a man and get a ball into the box. I think Ox can do that comfortably. I think he can beat a man. I think he's got good delivery into uh, into, into the area. So I think from that side of things, I actually think he'd be a much stronger option at fullback than Williams And potentially Milner because of that, that lack of pace. So for that reason alone, I'd be, I'd be looking at potentially using him in that. Uh, in that kind of fallback plant. Because I know when we played Milner, I think it was away at Old Trafford and it's always a big pitch. So I think it's magnified even more. I think Rashford got at Milner when Trent was missing and and we lost that dynamism down the right-hand side. Whenever Williams played, we lost that dynamism. So ultimately, we only had a threat down the left. Teams doubled up on Robertson and then we become very stodgy through the middle. So I think for me, the fact that Ox is played there He has a lot of the attributes, not to the same quality, obviously, as Trent, but the fact that he's he's quick, he can beat a man, you go on the outside and go on the inside and he can deliver a ball, I think he'd be a good asset to have there. Go on, Gav. Tell me I'm talking shite.
2: (coughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're talking
1: shite. Um... (laughs) No, I, look, like all the attributes
2: he has is great, and people keep pointing back to the Ox as, as, as a wingback at Arsenal. But you have to remember at Arsenal, the, he was a wingback with a back three behind him, and Monreal as the other fullback, or wingback. I think it was Monreal. So he basically had a back four that was allowing him to be a wingback and play the game. You know, all the attributes you say are great, but what's he like turning? What's he like with a ball over the back of him? What's he like one-on-one defending? What's he like positionally? Because people are, will tell you that Joe Gomez is a much better you know, um option. Joe Gomez shouldn't be an option at right back for Liverpool because every time he plays right back for Liverpool he gets caught on the shoulder by people hanging around at the back post. And you've seen I've seen it numerous times, once famously away at um West Ham, I think Lanzini does him. But it, my point to all this is, right, and listen, the oxy Chamber may end up and um, end up being a utility player for Liverpool that plays right back when you need to cover Trent. And we do play the game a certain way. That's absolutely true. But there is times where, and the only time Trent ever gets anything thrown at him is what's he like defensively, that ball in behind him, that, the you know, people doubling up on him. You would put Ox in there and then look at the situation. I think Liverpool are in a worse, worse, way worse situation than Trent, who's not a bad defender, by the way, in my opinion. I haven't said I, that. I, I, if I would if agree you with that, I would say. If, if if you're getting rid of if you're getting rid of Nico Williams, right? You're getting rid of him to progress your squad. To, to progress your squad, you go out and you find a right back that you're not going to find another Trent, but you find somebody that's really solid defensively and is not bad going forward. You have to take that edge off, and he's probably a better defender overall than Trent, but he's not as good going forward. That's just the flip side of trying to replace Trent
1: Alexander. See, you said something interesting there, though. And I agree. Look, I was a defensive midfielder myself. I'm defence first at all costs. But in this Liverpool setup, I think we lose... So if you play Gomez at fullback, for example, we lose yeah. more from the fact that he isn't as good going forward than in terms of what we gain when he's playing at fullback defensively. Because if you have the likes of Van Dijk alongside him and Canarte now, who the two of them are absolutely rapid, and their recovery pace will allow to cover for some defensive uh, deficiencies in terms of positioning. That's why Trents maybe has been exposed a little bit this season because he's playing alongside slower defenders. They're not as quick across the ground to cover him when he goes higher up the pitch. Uh, Look, I'm not for one second saying that Oxley chamberlain is is the next, you know, Cafu, for example. But you're not going to be able to bring in many players that play full back as a, an understudy to trends because they're not going to get much football but given the the traits that he has and the fact that he's going to be alongside a much stronger center back pair and who can cover for him and you know, manage him through games yeah, because GC, you, you'll know yourself. You'll know yourself as a coach. You're only as good as the senior pros on the pitch, and they ultimately manage people through games. So if Ox's body position is a little bit off, or he switches off, and he's not turning his head, and the wingers stole a march on him, those senior centre backs will will certainly be able to to help him through the game. So it's, it's it's definitely an interesting one, and I think I want to come to you, Phil, because I think in terms of if you're looking at ultimately the fact that clubs haven't got as much money, I think it's been a I think you see in evidence of it now that Liverpool are probably reluctant to maybe stockpile players, um, and this is where the conversations around the likes of using an ox in multiple positions. I actually think there's been news this week that he's been impressing as the ten in training, which which I find an interesting one. Seems like he's a bit of a jack of all trades. You Yeah, I think that's the only one that he hasn't been uh, earmarked for at this stage. I'd actually probably prefer him to Adrian, if I'm being brutally honest, but that's a a conversation for another day. Uh, I think, you know, if you look at the squad as it is, do you think that Liverpool, is it worth them taking a chance? Because they got caught last season, uh, or they nearly got caught last season, uh, in terms of the fact that they didn't bring in proper quality in areas when they needed them. They tried to play it smart with Kabak. They potentially weren't going to do a deal until Matip got injured at Spurs. When you hear things about Oxlade Chamberlain playing multiple positions, and 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 you know the fact that we're we're able to to give him a rebirth in the side, is this an unnecessary risk? And should Liverpool ultimately be going to spend money, proper money on key players that removes problems?
0: I think I would go with the latter there. That they have to get players that play in those positions because if anything, if if we learned anything from last season playing players out of position didn't work. We're At one stage, you have two central midfielders playing centre-back and they did all right, but then there was just this gaping hole in midfield and it just messed up the whole balance of the team. Even when Fabinho was playing as a centre-half, you saw the difference when he went back in to midfield that all of a sudden the central defence wasn't under as much pressure. So, look, I've no problem with certain players utility players having to fill in for a game as a as a right back or a left back. I'd agree, I wouldn't be a big fan of Gomez as a as a right back. I think I I think back to when Milner played as left back as well as he did, you just don't have that same threat that you get when Robertson's playing and you know he has the ability to run on the outside. He doesn't have to cut in all the time and take the sting out of attacks and can get in behind defenses as well. We know Trent Alexander-Arnold doesn't have the same pace as Robertson, but obviously he is a better delivery, so he doesn't necessarily always have to get to the, the the end line to put in a cross. But yeah, I think surely Liverpool have learned from last season that sometimes risks are not worth taking because you can get caught out. And there are certain players, Simicast was brought up there, you have to factor in as well, a guy comes to a new country, basically has to live in a bubble. Tiago the same where they haven't really got bonded with the the squad the way you usually would where you, you even you get used to your surroundings like where you live all that whereas the last year has just been crazy where players are just living in a bubble going to grounds being transported from a to b and basically just like uh, like animals being told where to go and i think There'll be certain players where I'd be looking for an improvement, but they have signed some fringe players that just haven't worked out. Um, you know, there was high hopes for Minamino, for example. They got him at such a, a knockoff price that everyone
1: thought, yeah, this guy was great against us in the, the Champions He was League. a world beater when he played against us. He was mad really. the decline. And even when he came in, though, he it, like he looked like he was impacting games. He was clever on the on the half turn. He just never never really got a, a run in the team or a bit of rhythm.
0: Yeah, I think actually the one disappointment for me, obviously he went off to Southampton on loan, but do you remember the cup game against Villa when they played the Villa kids? Mm. He started Minamino, Mane and Salah up front that night. And I thought, great, we're going to see Minamino play through the middle and Mane on the left, Salah on the right. Because yeah. we we'd never him really left. see. He stuck him out left. And I just thought, because originally when he was signed, we thought this is a guy that might... Give Firmino a run for his money, but he's never actually really played in that role. Look, I, I think Minamino is the least of Liverpool's worries in terms of, you know, looking ahead to next season. It's it's about, as I said, that central midfield position is one. And actually, we talked about the Euros at the start of the the chat, and was watching the Portugal game, and it's actually I've seen it in some of the comments as well. Players Sanchez. Sanchez, and yeah, you know, people think back to. His Time at Swansea, he wasn't great. But again, this was a young lad coming over and playing in a struggling team. But looking at him now, he's a different player. He's just won a league title with Lille. And I was watching him tonight. And a few times Kante went in to try and nibble the ball off him and he couldn't get it off him. He's strong, he's robust, and um, you know, he, he's a good reader of the game, he's athletic, and also he can he can ping in a goal. But I, I think the French market's an interesting one because they're Whatever about teams in the Premier League being strapped for cash, the French League are absolutely dying. So that is where you could sign some really good cool players.
1: Gav, is it, is it a worry for you when you look at the likes of Manchester United, who are rumoured to be spending £75 million on, um uh, on Jaden Sancho, that it seems like a lot of the noise coming out of the club is based on how much we can get out of the club before we decide who we're going to bring into the club. And does that make you worry that FSG are, are ultimately not prepared to, to dig deep this time?
2: Yeah. You cook it down that route because it's been thrown at them a few times. Of course, Sancho's going to United, um, Glazer's out and all that. I am um, wondering, will they let him into the ground to uh, sign his contract or will they do some sort of protest there as well? Um but anyway, um, look, FSG, people like them, people don't like them, people say they, they don't spend money, people say they're cute with money. I'm, you know me, I'll tell you as it is, Where if they've done something good, they've done something good, if they've done something bad, they've done something bad. You know, the sort of way, um, ticketing and, and the furlough and, and the European Super League, which was mental. But I've said it since January, Jamie. They have to, they have to do something. They, they have to step away from their model, in my opinion. The model has always been, and it's not a money ball model because, you know, the money ball model, you look at Coutinho, you know, the sort of way. Um, Suarez to an extent, but Suarez done everything he could to get out of the club. But the, they don't really money ball. They just sign players at a certain level and look to progress them. But they do that because of the manager they have. You know the way, if they had Graham Potter in charge, they wouldn't be doing that. You know, they'd be looking to probably spend a bit more because they don't trust him as much as they trust Jurgen Klopp. But they need to do something. They they really do. And, and I don't... And people will throw stuff at me and say, you know, oh, you're being ridiculous here. But when you look at everything in cold hard facts as we said earlier Klopp has three years left we think I think the majority think that he has three years left he has a squad there that's lost Gino and he has got an age in front three that are all approaching thirty, and 40's not they're still young men at thirty. but whenever, whenever you hit 40 as a footballer people like he's finished you know where Ronaldo swung around at 26 just banging in goals for the laugh they need they need to do something Jamie they need they need to make it nearly a statement of intent Not only for the the supporters and to show that they're fully committed, because they made a massive, massive fuck up with with the European Super League, but they need to obviously they need to show the supporters. I think they need to show the manager, and they need to show that look, we will do everything in our power to put a squad together. And I'll go back to the first point I made at the start of the show. I don't think Klopp is content with this squad, and I think if he is, I'd have to question. Why is he saying that? Is he, does he genuinely believe that? Or does he tone the company line? Because when I look through the squad, you know, if Kelleher goes out alone, I'm sitting here going, Adrian, no, please, for the love of God, no, right? The, the Ox is playing in goal, don't yeah, we? Yeah, the Ox is in goal anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, but then, but then you look at two centre halves, brilliant centre halves, long term injuries coming back, you know, the sort of way, and you're kind of going, mm, I'm not sure. Midfield wise, you've, I think there's two lads in there that just aren't, um, reliable enough. And you've lost one album. And then up front, I think Shakiri should go. I think Origi should go. And then you're looking at it's just the tree and Jota. And you definitely need to add something in there. What level they'll sign at, I'm not too sure. But I think if Klopp was to turn around in private, and he probably has, you know, like like was said earlier, you know, the, the business is probably already done. He's sitting on that yacht knowing that it's in place. But if Klopp turned around and says, I need A, B, C, D, and E, and this is who I want. FSG should be doing it. I think they owe it to him, not only for what he's done, but if they know he's leaving in three years, they should absolutely do everything they possibly can to back this man till the day he walks out of Anfield, till the day he walks away from the club, because he's entitled to it. He's absolutely entitled to it. And people will say to you, and I've said it earlier, COVID and the lack of funds and stuff like that, They they're a massive, massive organisation. Family sports group, but they're huge. Like they're walking around going, "Just give us six hundred million quid, and you can have ten percent of one of the things we own." You know the sort of way it's, it's, it's madness. So, I, I think overall, when it gets to the end of this summer, I think we should be walking away from it saying, "You know what? We've improved the squad. We've got some real, real quality." And, and in fairness to FSG, they did back them despite everything that's gone on the last year.
1: Chair okay, K, Hill makes a point. He says, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott options. And I I think that's a great shout. Mm. I've got high hopes for for both of them. I think Elliott will come in, hopefully get a good preseason under his belt. And, and I think he can be a, a viable option within the squad next season. But GT, from your perspective, Gav talked about making a statement. What does that statement look like in your eyes? Because for me, what I could see quite easily happening is Liverpool go out and buy those three players you know, the the three players in the areas that discuss centre midfield, centre forward and and potentially centre back. But what could also happen is that we sell a lot of players. So again, you're looking at the end of the summer saying, well, actually Liverpool have probably only spent 50 million there or thereabouts. Is that the type of statement? And do you think, because fans can be so fickle these days, do you think that is the type of statement that fans want to see? Or, you you know, fans have been throwing names around like Killian Mbappe, are they just living a pipe pipe dream when they're talking about those type of players? And, you know, the fact that City are are potentially looking at the likes of Harry Kane, Jack Grealish only puts extra pressure on on Liverpool to try and deliver.
3: Yeah, it it absolutely does. And it's the same old transfer merry-go-round every year where every club wants the marquee signing for the bragging rights. Um, And the one thing not to forget for me is that, you know, players are still human at the end of the day and there will be players who will go to clubs purely for money um, but there will be players who will go to clubs because it suits their ambition in terms of the manager they want to play for or the club they want to play for and um, like you, you often hear players coming out and openly stating you know they want to play for Klopp they want to play for Liverpool and that's fantastic but um, I, I do think, you know, the club is in a position now where where Klopp is at, at you know, he's, he's one of the best managers or coaches in the world. Uh, and I think the club have to try and leverage that. And to Gav's point, they got to back him. they got to go out and support him. So if he identifies, you know, two or three, whether they're you might class the marquee signers or not, are certainly at the higher end of what's available out there. Because let's not forget, you know, the Euros, no doubt, will throw up some crazy stuff in the transfer market now where you guys will get inflated price tags because they've had a couple of decent games yeah. in the Euros. I- I
1: think I'm still scarred yeah. by uh, El Duf, which was, was oh, the World man. Cup, but still, you know, what I mean? <laughs> somebody has a decent tournament and then all of a sudden you're throwing money at them.
3: Like I, I hear people talking about Locatelli and he looks a good player in fairness, but already people are saying, you know, his valuation's gone from 30 million to 40 to 50, you know, and this kind of crazy stuff. So, but no, I, I, I definitely think they're in a good position to leverage the fact that Klopp is the manager, that he's certainly not, you know, at the exit door we do think there's another two or three years there. So I think a young player, you know, in his early 20s, who's established himself, you know, in his own international team or at a previous club, um, could be a really, really good sign to build. So even if Clough leaves, you're still looking at somebody who's 26 and and can be the foundation of, of the future. Uh, and for me, people like Yuri Tielemans uh, are, are players I'd be interested in personally. I just like what he does. I like how he plays. Um, there's other kids who are younger than that. You know, that um, is a, Ryan grabbing back at Ajax, you know he's a midfielder, but he's only nineteen, so I don't, I don't think he's a marquee signing, but definitely one for the future. But I, I do think, like most squads, will always say they look to look to strengthen the spine. But for me, that central midfield area with, with Genie leaving is is hugely critical.
2: Sorry, Jamie, can I just can I just say, you know, and you made a good point there about you could easily see Liverpool bringing in three or four, but selling a lot. I don't care who they sell. You know, uh, when I look at Divock Origi, and no offen- no offense, and people love Divock Origi and the stuff he's doing, but if Divock Origi leaves, so what? Uh, you know, uh, you have to be harsh and look at what happened last season. It doesn't matter. If Jarden Shaqiri leaves, it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is if you if you bring if if you tell me you were getting rid of Origi and Shaqiri and bringing Harvey Eddie in, right, and giving them a go in the squad, but signing a I don't know, a Patson Dacker or some just somebody the club wants. Just somebody that Klopp wants. And if he gets them for 40 million and he's giving them 50 grand a week, I don't really care. What I'm saying is I want to be able to look and say, you know what? Klopp got rid of six and he brought in four, but it's improved us. And in fairness, he answered them and he got them. I think that has to be the main thing. It has to be.
1: But then it opens up a question and I'll come to you on this, Phil. You know, one of the reasons why Liverpool have maybe not uh, prioritized domestic cup competitions is because. Klopp likes a smaller squad. We ultimately can't feel two teams like Manchester City, who seem to have the monopoly on the things like the League Cup, where ultimately they still put out an 11, which is resting their first 11, but is still, you know, of an unbelievable quality. If we are able to, to kind of push the boat out a little bit and just bring in more bodies, surely that gives us that opportunity to be more competitive in the FA Cup and, and the League Cup and try and get more silverware in the, in the cabinet.
0: Yeah, that, those two competitions you name are the ones where the, the lack of quality in the, the squad and the squad depth is really showing up where you look at the, the team that is usually fielded in, in January for an FA Cup. And I don't know why it, it always turns out that Liverpool are going through a bit of a sticky patch in January and the FA Cup tie always tends to come around at the wrong time. You're depending on a nice draw where if you get a home draw against lower league opposition, you can get through, but you could get an away, an away tie against lower league and you get, well, not anymore, but you would have got brought to replays. Then you you know, you know, get a draw where you have to go to Old Trafford and United obviously took that more seriously. But look, I don't think Jurgen Klopp is going to be losing much sleep over FA Cups and League Cups. They're nice things to win, but it's all about the Premier League and the Champions League. I mean, at one stage last season, it was looking like uh, Europa League and the dreaded conference at one stage where you were thinking that Liverpool need to do their best to avoid that. You'd be better off at no European football than that. But there there is one or two players. Obviously Harvey Elliott's a player that excites um you know when he when he was signed from Fulham, he'd already played in the Premier League. Um Scott Parker said at the time he shouldn't have gone, he should have stayed and, and got some experience in the championship. He's got his year in the championship at Blackburn. He's done very well you would imagine he'll get more game time. Whether he'll get as much game time say as Curtis Jones got last season, I'm not sure, but he is definitely one for the future. Um but yeah, Diva Origi, I definitely agree with Gav if they got rid of him. I personally I think Origi should have gone out in a high after the Champions League final. You would have got top dollar for him and he goes out an absolute icon. Look, he's still a cult hero, but if he had left then he you know he, he would have gone on the ultimate high. Shaqiri, we've seen him bang in a few goals for Switzerland. Again, he's not fit enough. He always just looks like a player that you throw him on with twenty minutes ago in a home game. I, I never when I see him coming on in an away game, I just think sure, he's not gonna do anything. Anfield seems to be where he he, he buzzes about twenty minutes ago we can pick a pass. He has the ability to score a goal. But yeah, there's there's too many players that yeah they're just they're, they're hanging around the club too long now and, and the sooner they're sold, the better. But I, I, wouldn't be surprised as well. Maybe to top up the squad a bit, that Liverpool go into the loan market. Maybe with, with with younger players, or you have that option to go for experienced players who mightn't be guaranteed first team football all the time with their with their clubs. But you can sometimes get a decent, a few decent professionals there.
1: So what I want to do, because we, we said we'd keep this one to an hour, and I'm actually doing all right here because we've got four yeah. minutes to go, so it might you be slightly that, over. Then we go off
2: on a tangent. I know, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, so before I get the running myself, what I want to do, I want to finish by kind of going around the room, because obviously we spoke about a lot of players that we think we might sign, who we'd like us to sign. I want us to, to kind of think with a little bit of realism in terms of with everything that we've discussed, FSG's transfer policy, the fact that we're living in a post-COVID world and, and, and clubs are tight for finances, the fact that we've obviously got to get rid of a lot of players. I'll start with you, Gav. Who do you think are realistic players that will come in? Uh, not who do you want us to buy? Realistically, who do you think we will buy? What's the type of profile and who's, who are those players? Not who I want, but who we think we will yeah. get. Oh, you can give us who saying. you want as well. But um, that'll take us to half eleven. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I'm not like that. I, I I to be honest with you, anything could happen. They could spend a tenor between now and August, and I'll still tell you we're gonna do all right. Um I'm gonna leave the centre halves. I don't think they go for him for another one. I, I don't even know if a comeback happens, I'm being honest. I think he probably will keep James Pierce
1: came out today and says he doesn't he thinks that's dead in the water now.
2: Yeah, I think I think he might just go with V V D um Gomez, Kanate, Matip and we'll see what happens with Phillips. I think that's the way he might go. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think we need a bit more insurance than that, but look, he's the manager of Liverpool football club. I mean, need a drinking cans. Um <laughs> midfield, he has to do something, man. I'm not asking for a direct when Adam replacement, but it's a it's a body, and I think he should bring somebody in there. Um I'd sign our I genuinely would. I think he's something different to what we have. And the, the Renato Sanchez is an interesting one. Do we sign him? I don't think so. I think it'll be I think it'll be I genuinely think two, possibly three, but we need four. Uh you've asked me a very hard question. Up front, I think it's very hard. I would have done the Mbappe stuff is, is great and all, but I would have done everything I could for Haaland. I would have just went and done it. You'll make your money back. It'll be fine. But those three lads up front with Jota, it's very hard to pick another attacker. Um, I think Sancho should have been on our radar, but United are spending stupid money. Well, we're saying that, but it's an imminent deal for about 16 months now. Um, It's a hard question, Jamie, I'm being honest with you. Good, I know, that was the point. (laughs) who, Who would I sign? Who would I sign? Okay, I would sign... I would sign Yuri Telemans as your genie replacement, but he's not an actually he's just a, he's just another player in midfield.
1: And what do you think it takes to get him? You'd be talking fifty million? Probably. And he's worth yeah.
2: it. I think he's worth it. I think how Leicester stole in there and got him it was was brilliant on on their part. But it's gonna cost people now. I'd sign Yuri Telemans. I would sign I really like to look at Daka. I really did like to look at Daka. And that was only because Air Lad Sean, he kept going on about it. But, um, do you know what? I go Telemans and Hossam, or our, or, or whatever way you say his name. Can we change his name as well? <laughs> <to be> changed. <laughs> Call him whatever God's you want. Name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hossam, right? Steve. Uh, <laughs> Mick. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I don't think he'd go much further than that. I genuinely don't think he's going much further than that. What about you, Phil?
0: Yeah, I think error is a good shout because, again, you're buying from France. Um, there's a, there's always been... I mentioned Sanchez, Renato Sanchez. I like the look of him. But there's always been this link to Yves Basuma, And I like him. And I think every time I watch him play, I, I see... Yeah, I could see him playing in a Liverpool midfield. Now, he's actually probably going to cost you more because you're signing him from a Premier League club, another player maybe would be Doku, the the young Belgian winger, plays for Rennes. Again, I'm obsessed with going to France, but um, get the cheap deals. Just, he's just absolutely he's electric. Now he he's he's still a little bit raw, but I I like the thoughts of just having a right side of player maybe sometimes that you could play Salah down the middle and you have. A right-sided player, a flyer, then the the right wing, just something different. Because as good as Liverpool have been, you'd like there was a little bit of talk that they might change formation a bit last season, maybe try and use a four two three one a bit more. And look, they chopped and change, but ultimately it always comes back to four three three. And in terms of centre halves, I think if they end up holding on to Phillips, do you know one one player we haven't even mentioned because he's never played for Liverpool, Ben Davis. What's going
1: on? (laughs) Yeah, the mysterious case of Ben Davis. It really
0: is like he's probably going to be in the the players that go out this season, whether he's he's loaned out to someone or he's sold at a profit. But yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a quiz question in twenty years, and you're not going to remember who was Ben Davis. But um, yeah, I I think as I said, central midfielder um, and an attacker would be the two. Positions. Tielemans is a good shout. Every time, I, again, when you see him play, you think, yeah, he's good for Leicester, but I think he could be even better for Liverpool.
1: What about you, GT? Any, anyone difference?
3: Um, with one eye on the fact that I'm, I'm quite happy with the top four in terms of the, you know, the three mainstays and in Jota, I'd love to have a look more at um, young Gio Felix at Atletico. Um, I think he's a good player. I really like him. He's only twenty one. Um. I mentioned the Euros earlier, and, and I have been impressed with a couple of players in the Euros. Um, Phillips from Leeds has impressed me, just in terms of the type of player he is and the work rate he gets through. I think he'd be a club player all over. And anybody comes from working with Diego Simeone or Marco Bielsa has to work hard, as simple as. Yeah. Um, so he's impressed me. Um, and in fact, the, the young guy that I didn't think much of when I saw him first, and the more I see him, the more I like him, and I think he's going to be really good, is that Saka off Arsenal. Yeah, he's a guy. To keep it was an a eye news
1: at. news breaking today that they're willing to sell him as well for, uh, for in and around sixty five million because they want to right. prioritize build, rebuilding the squad. Which yeah, i I
3: really think he's a good player, and and the more I see him, like again, another high energy player can play in a number of positions. But for me, you know, the way Klopp plays the game, it, it is you know high intensity, high mobility. I, I think we need to look at young players like that to come in, and and even if they're not in the starting eleven, you know, recognize that they could be your 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 core team in two, three years, you
1: know. For, for what it's worth, um I would uh, do anything to get Jack Grealish in at Liverpool, uh, if anybody that follows me. It's it's I, actually, I, I know it's more about it I know it's getting silly. It's more <laughs> than my Thiago obsession, yeah. but genuinely... You're just, even getting
2: your hair like him and all. I, just I know, I know, I know.
1: <laughs> um, I just he makes me and Phil. (laughs) (laughs) I I, 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 Um, I used to be like you two, lads. Don't worry. I'm just going to have a a lockdown cut. You know what it is? He just, he makes football fun and football should be fun. It's like when he played for England there last night. Every time he gets on the ball, the crowd lifts. And he's an entertainer. He wants the ball in any situation. I don't think there's many footballers like that. Um, You know, everything seems to be, it was actually Tiago who did an article in the week. I don't know if you read it. He spoke about the dying art of the number 10 and the fact that, Players are so athletic now that pace and power and speed has nearly taken over from that nimble ability to beat a man. And I just think Jack Grealish look, it's an unrealistic sign at Liverpool. I'm going to sign him, but I think I'd sell my own kids at this stage to get Jack <laughs> Grealish in <laughs> at, uh, at, at Liverpool. But um, no, if I had to say a couple of names, I I think. Rafina is a is a name that is is a Klopp sign, and whenever I've watched him play, it seems the type of profile that we go for. Um, I think he'd be happy to to play a kind of rotation role uh, with the other lads up the top. And um, I I said it a while ago, and I'm not going to change my opinion. Basuma I think is ready made for Liverpool. Um, I think he's got all the attributes to be a real dominant force in in the central midfield area. So be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, it, there's going to be many twists and turns. Um, you know, there's there's trans. Stories every day at this stage, so yeah, we'll we'll get through the Euros and see what comes. But I think from from our side, I think we're, we're just over an hour, lads, right? So, Alvin, right. Gav, that's not bad right. of me. That's not. I'm no, proud that, of
2: that's myself. That's not bad for us. Uh, we say it all the time, lads. An hour an hour and ten, and we were sitting here now an and forty five minutes there. Still yeah. going.
1: <laughs> Last week's was an hour and forty five minutes. I got, as I said, the, miss- the missus was yeah. looking up the attic, giving me the shepherd's hook, saying, "Right, get downstairs now." So uh, I'll be definitely in the good books. Before we, uh, before we wrap up, um, yeah. Firstly, massive thank you to to both the Gavs um, uh, for for your time, Phil. Thank- great to have you on. Um, big thank you to everybody in the chat for your comments. Um, if you don't mind, can you please like the video um, and leave a comment underneath the video? Let us know who you think we will sign, who you'd like us to sign. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the show. Good, bad, indifference. Uh, all feedback is, is massively welcome. But if you can't do anything at all, just make sure you like the video as it will really help push the show. Um, Gav, over to you. What have we got coming up on the trippers for the rest of the week?
2: You always ask me this and I never know. Um,
1: <laughs> you pretend <laughs> well, you Wednesday don't know. You run a tight Wednesday, ship, mate. You know oh, exactly what's I coming
2: f- up. No. Uh, oh, we're, we're on tomorrow. We're a transfer Agenda show tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, Friday night is a... European night, so we're going to look at another European run. I don't know if Chris picked another fucking European run where we get beaten in the final, but I could be wrong. Um, And that is Friday night, and then we're back on Sunday with the Fatback 4, So, and then back into another week. So, yeah, um, all good. Uh, Don't forget, um, check in the description for all the links to our Sienna campaign. Of course, anyone watching that doesn't know, Sienna is a really, really young girl that needs to go to America, St. Louis in America, to get treatment, um, to help her walk. And she needs 120 grand. I think she's on about 40. So we're going to keep going until we get to 120. So everything is in the description and more fundraisers and more ideas and more ways to help is on the
3: way.
1: Fantastic. GT, before we go, uh, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about the, the Coaching Badges podcast? Uh, where can they find it and what's coming up?
3: Uh, t- listen, on Twitter, just for any coaching nerds out there, just as you guys love talking about Liverpool, we love talking about coaching. So it's for football coaches of all levels, all ages. Just check us out on Coaching Badges. You'll, you'll find the links to the podcast. Are so we allowed on that podcast? Home. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It'd be great, Crack. <laughs> yeah. Okay. To <laughs> no That's problem, that. Gav. You're welcome anytime, mate. us guys <laughs> <Gav's laughs> gonna <supposed>. stick together. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. I like it.
1: <laughs> Love it. Right. With that, I hope you've all enjoyed the show. Make sure you enjoy the rest of your week and we will be back with you again next Wednesday on the midweek fix. All the best.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.